39 of the Windows and Mirrors podcast. So we're wrapping up the book here and these are the last four chapters, right? Numbers is a long book and it's a lot that goes on in the book. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to finish out today um, with Numbers 33 to 36. So in Numbers 33, we're closing in on the end of the book and Moses basically gives a review, right? He gives this overview of the actual history of the Israelites traveling through the wilderness. Um, and one of the things that you see here is just how detailed he is, right? He literally goes from Egypt to where they were enslaved all the way to where they are now, the plains of Moab, right across the Jordan, preparing to take the land. And they take a step back to take a look back. And what they see is how far the Lord has brought them, right? And over, and we've read the story, right? Over and over again, they fail and their faith was shaky, but God's faithfulness was steady, right? That's, that's, that's what it's getting at, right? Like over and over again, their faith was not all the way put together. They didn't have everything figured out. They didn't always make the right decisions, but God always came through, right? No matter what, he always came through. He'll always be who he's always been. And that's the same thing for us. As we look back at our lives, and I mentioned this in the last podcast a little bit, as we look back at our lives, we see that God is the one constant, right? Like things change, we change, but God um, was the same and he will be the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Um, and then we see at the end of chapter 33, Moses gives these instructions to Israel about what's supposed to go down when they go to Canaan and cross the Jordan. So he basically gives them instructions for what the Bible or what uh, theologians would call the harem, uh, harem warfare, or like I mentioned before, a synonym is holy war um, that is going to take place among the Canaanites. And we'll talk more about this in Deuteronomy and in Joshua as it unfolds and in Judges and things of that nature. Um, but for right now, the good thing is uh, we see that, you know, Moses speaks, <laughs> especially in verse 53 and 54, as if victory is assumed, right? Look at 3353. He says this. He says, you are to take possession of the land and settle in it. Why? Because I have given you the land to possess. And then in 54, he says the same thing again. He says, you will receive an inheritance. You will receive, promise, an inheritance, something you didn't earn, according to your ancestral tribes. Now, part of the reason that we see this language again is because God made these promises to the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God is going to come through on his promise, right? Yes, Israel has to do their part and dispossess the Canaanites from the land, but it's ultimately God giving the victory as a gracious gift. And at the end, he gives them a warning um, about completely obeying what God says. And part of the reason that God wanted them to completely do away with the Canaanites is because they are a rebellious people. And God knows that his people are wayward people, right? And so for, and so therefore, the allowing for them, the Canaanites, to remain was as good as saying they wouldn't remain, Israel wouldn't remain with Yahweh, right? So they would be tempted and drawn away from Yahweh if they didn't um, push back on the Canaanites and dispossess them therefore leading them to not worship Yahweh, therefore leading them to be destroyed as well, like the Canaanites. And so God is saying here, yo, yo, remember, don't compromise when you get into the land and think it's all good, right? Um, 
And so then Numbers 34 comes and God specifically gives the orders for the actual land inheritance and the boundaries and territories that Israelites will have. And over and over again, very similar uh, for each tribe. They were each allotted a portion of land and God literally um, is very specific about the boundaries, right, of, of space that the land had according to how many people was in the tribe and according to um, what the tribe had as, as far as livestock and things of that nature. Um, and I think the seemingly obscure point that uh, a, a passage like this is trying to get across is that there is enough grace to go around, right? There is enough grace for all of them, right? Everybody that God had promised would get an inheritance is going to get one, right? And so as we think about texts like these, man, everybody God promises to save, he will keep, right? So there's no reason for us as Christians to look down on our other, or to look, yeah, look down on our other brothers and sisters who have a certain type of relationship with, with the Lord or to feel bad about our own relationship with the Lord. Why? Because there's enough grace to go around, right? God is into saving, again, a people, not just per- persons. All of his people receive the same grace, none more and none greater, right? And then finally, Israel was to provide cities, um, the Bible says in chapter 35, for the Levites to live in with pasture lands as well. This is so that they can continue uh, their work uh, in the tabernacle um, and around the tabernacle. And so God still wanted his worship to be the way they always worship throughout their history, right? And um, each tribe was to give a portion of the land they had received to the Levites, right? Um, if you had more land, you would give more to the Levites. You would give more to the Levites. If you had less land, you would get less. Um, and this was, yeah, the way God has set it up for the Levites to receive their reward. They didn't receive the same type of inheritance that the other tribes did. Um, and then lastly, finally, in the final chapter of the book, we have the, daughter, the daughters of uh, Zelophehad. Um, and they are stuck wondering, as earlier mentioned in Numbers 27, they want to know. What happens to their father's inheritance? Why? Because their father didn't have any sons. So remember we talked about before, if he didn't have any sons, it would go to the daughters, right? And this is so countercultural. And we see here God's character, again, showing forth in how he cares for those who would um, otherwise be on the margins of society and vulnerable, right? And so God makes provisions for these daughters to receive an inheritance based on their father, right? And God says, yo, all you have to do is marry someone from your tribe, and that way you'll be able to keep your lineage going. That way I'll be able to keep my promises, and that way you guys will be cared for and provided for, right? This is God preparing to unveil his promises on his people And God is going to make a way. It may seem like in our lives that um, God has taken a detour, right? Or God has taken us on a detour, right? But I want you to know that God, God God knows how to get us to the destination when even when it looks like we're going in the wrong direction, right? God is going to fulfill his promises. He's going to do what he's always done because he doesn't change. And there is enough grace to go around for each in every one of us. So if, if somebody else in your life looks like God is just doing it for them, 
don't worry, don't fret, because there's enough grace to go around for each one of his children who has placed their faith in him.